Welcome to Storytime with Jayashree. Let's continue Soof by Sarah Weeks. Chapter 14 More Than a Cat Loves to Scratch It was the end of June when Heidi arrived. School was out by then, and I was officially in sixth grade. Mr. Taylor had hugged me goodbye on the last day. Good luck, Aurora, he told me, and don't be a stranger. Normally I was champing at the bit for summer vacation to start, but I was going to miss Mr. Taylor, especially with things being the way they were at home and Heidi's visit right around the corner. I was dreading it. I had never had a sleepover in my life, so the trundle bed in my room had never been used. My mother opened it up and put fresh sheets on it the day before Heidi was due to arrive. I didn't make any secret about my feelings. I'll sleep in the hammock if I have to, I said. I'm not sharing my room with some stranger. Heidi's not a stranger, my mother insisted as she unfolded a pillowcase. She's more like family. Whatever, I said, and started picking at an old mosquito bite on the back of my knee. Please don't do that, sweetie. It might get infected. It's my knee, not yours, I said. And stop calling me sweetie. Are you girls at it again? My father asked. He'd been out in the yard mowing the lawn, and there were little bits of grass sticking to his neck and arms. It's like living with a couple of alley cats the way you two go after each other lately. I can't help if mom's being annoying, I told him. Aurora has just informed me that she plans to sleep in the hammock while Heidi is here, Roy, my mother said, brushing a strand of hair out of her eyes. But of course, I'm the one who's being annoying. I felt sorry for my father, who had been caught like a monkey in the middle, trying to keep peace between my mother and me ever since I'd found out that Heidi was still coming. It drove me crazy the way she'd been fuzzing, planning all the meals in advance and making everything nice for her precious, perfect little Heidi. What's going on with you, baby girl? My father asked me later that day when my mother had gone off to the store to buy blueberries to make a crumble, since that was Heidi's favorite. It's in my imagination where someone's nose a little out of joint. What's that supposed to mean? I asked, closing my book. I was lying in the rope hammock in the backyard, reading Houseboat Mystery number 12 in the Boxcar Children's series. It's an expression my father used to use, he said. If a person is feeling a little jealous, you say their nose is out of joint. Why should I be jealous? I asked, but I could feel myself blushing because of course he was right. Oh, I don't know, he said. Maybe because your mother is making such a fuss. She bought special toilet paper, Dad, I told him. The soft kind. My father laughed. Your mother goes a little overboard sometimes, but this is a special occasion. Not for me, it isn't, I said. I don't even know Heidi. Well then, I guess it's about time you did. They could never make me meet her. But they weren't going to make me like her. Never in a million years. 
The next day, my mother came into my room to ask if I wanted to go along with them to the airport in Newburgh to pick Heidi up. I'd finished Houseboat Mystery and I decided to take a break from the boxcar children and read Esperanza Rising again. A lot of bad things happen to Esperanza in the story, including that she loses her father. But at least her mother didn't act like the Queen of England was coming to visit the way mine had for the past two weeks. Why doesn't Heidi go visit her own family? I grumbled. Thurman Hill and Heidi's father, Elliot, had moved to Florida several years earlier when Hilltop Home had closed. My mother sat down on the end of my bed. I noticed she had on makeup, and she was wearing a pair of shoes I didn't recognize. I know you're not happy about Heidi coming, she said, but I hope you at least try to be polite. She's a very nice person, and this is an important trip for her. What's so important about it? I asked. She wants to visit her mama before the baby comes. I had been so intent on finding out what Heidi had written about me that I skimmed over the rest of that first letter she'd sent. It hadn't even occurred to me to wonder why she had decided to visit. Heidi's mama was buried in the cemetery just up the hill from our house. For the first time. I felt a little guilty about the way I'd been behaving. You sure you don't want to come? My mother asked. I shook my head and went back to my book. Around three o'clock that afternoon, I heard a car coming up the driveway. But when my mother stuck her head in to tell me Heidi had arrived, I pretended to be taking a nap. I wasn't ready to meet her yet. After my mother closed the door, I actually did fall asleep. And once again, I dreamed about duck. This time it was winter. My father and I were at Krasner's farm, cutting down a Christmas tree. Duck was running around, barking his head off. And then, all of a sudden, I saw him leap into this giant snowbank and disappear. I called his name again and again, and when he didn't come, I jumped into the snowbank after him. After that. The dream got really weird. I was inside a strange world made out of ice. The air was so cold; it hurt to breathe. My mother was there now too, wearing her yellow apron and holding the jelly bean jar in her arms. Suddenly, I looked down, and my hands were turning blue. And then my fingers started falling off one by one, shattering as they hit the ground. The way the windows of the house had broken during the fire. I was afraid if I stayed in the ice world, I might freeze to death. But I couldn't leave without Duck. Come back! I called. Come back! Rory, honey, wake up! My father was shaking me. Duck is still in the snow! I cried, sitting up. It's only a dream, baby girl. My father said, only a bad dream. I buried my face in his shirt, and he put his arms around me. I can't do this anymore," I whispered. "It hurts too much to be me." Heidi's belly was so big and round; it looked like she was hiding a beach ball under her shirt. "It's nice to finally meet you in person, Aurora," she said, when my father finally convinced me to come out to say hello. Bernie and I have all your school photos stuck up on the fridge at our place. 
It's like we've been watching you grow up right there in the kitchen. I told her it was nice to meet her too, even though it wasn't true. She had brought a loaf of banana bread that Bernadette had baked for us and a giant pencil for me that said Reno on it. My heart was beating so hard I could hear it. What do you say, Aurora? My father prompted. Thank you for the pencil, I said softly. I couldn't look at my mother. I was afraid of what might happen if I saw the same look in her eyes as I'd seen in the photograph. Afraid that I might disappear like a piece of dandelion fluff in the wind. Soof. Heidi ate two helpings of pot roast at dinner, but all I wanted was a cup of ginger tea. The dream had felt so real, I kept looking at my fingers to make sure they were all still there. Heidi made a big fuss when my mother brought out the blueberry crumble. I said I wasn't feeling well and asked to be excused from the table. Where's she going to sleep? I asked my father when he checked in on me a little later. If by she, you mean Heidi. She was nice enough to offer to sleep on the couch until you're feeling better. It's a lucky thing it got delivered yesterday. Very lucky, I said. He started to leave, then stopped. At some point, you're going to have to tell us what you're so upset about, he said. I understand you're worried about Duck, but I gather there's something more going on. Something but Heidi and your mother. And until you bring it out into the light, it's going to take root and grow inside you like a weed. Blah, 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 I said, pulling the covers over my head. He stood there for a minute, waiting for something else. When I didn't give it to him, he turned out the light and closed the door. Thank you for listening. Bye, until next episode.